Would you turn, if you will, in your Bible to James 1.5? Now, there's going to be a lot of Scripture today, and the subject demands that. And those Scriptures will go up on the screen here in the auditorium. But I want you to pay very close attention to every Scripture and every communication that we share with you today. I'm going to be bringing a message entitled, How to Make Wise Decisions. How to Make Wise Decisions. Have you ever considered all of the pain and the grief and the sorrow and the sin that is in this world today because of one bad decision? Crucifying. Crucifying. God has a way of communicating to anybody that wants to listen. The Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Listen to James chapter 1, verse 5. Remember the subject, how to make wise decisions. James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. That's a promise to every one of us. If I'm talking to anyone today that if you could get along with yourself and want to give yourself a, either a verbal beating or a thought beating, would say, you know what, I've not been making really good decisions. I'm not thinking like I ought to think. That is common today in our culture. Many decisions are made after a couple of glasses of wine, a couple of drinks, some drug. Every auction knows that if you want to get somebody to act a fool and buying what they're fixing to buy, have a cocktail party before the auction. And the result takes care of itself. And because we have made so many bad decisions throughout history and we're continuing to make bad decisions, I think it's very important that we somewhere along the way stop and ask, how can I make a good decision? Is there something about good decisions that's a secret? I don't think it's a secret, but I think it is kept a secret for most because they never look and see what the Scripture says about that. So we're going to take this journey this morning. And uh, I, I'm just wondering, as I read it one more time, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given unto him. My question is, does this scripture apply to you? Does this question apply to me? Because, you see, God says here, ask me. If you lack wisdom, ask me. God doesn't hold secrets from us. He wants us to know him. His ways, who he is, and what he believes, and why he came to this earth, and what's going to happen in the future. He begs us, come unto me all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But in order to get wisdom, you have to seek God. But instead of seeking God, we oftentimes seek everything but God. New relations, new people, read this, watch this movie, go here, go there. And the Lord says, be still and know that I'm God. 
And I am willing to speak into your life at any time you're ready to hear me. But you know something I've learned through the years? If God knows you're not going to listen, he, he just kind of puts his communication with you on vacation. There's some times when we say no to God so many times, he says, okay. I preached a message many months and maybe years ago on God's final deadline. For those of you that don't know Jesus personally, it's your Savior. The Bible teaches there will come a time in your life when the last invitation will come. And there will be no more chance. You get by on it for a while. People get nervous when groups gather to study the Word of God, and they'll get up and leave early and slip out and so forth. And you watch when invitation is given before the first note, they're heading for the door. Because they're so close to having a brand new life that they step right back into Satan's trap. And so our message today is, how do you make wise decisions? Now, in order to get wisdom, you've got to know the mind of God. In order to get wisdom, you've got to know the mind of God. As he thinketh, so we're to be. Now, you don't know how God thinks until you have a relationship with God. And our first relationship normally is somebody telling us about God as a child or us reading the Scripture. And, of course, when somebody gives you a Bible, and by the way, for all of you that are guests in the auditorium right now, we have a beautiful family Bible to give you at the end of this service over here in our hospitality room. I'm going to give you a family Bible. It is a beautiful Bible, and for most, you'll take it and put it on a table somewhere and say, that's the Bible I got when I went to Sagemont Church. You know, what we want you to do is open it up and read it because this is a love letter. You say, nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm going to go out and eat worms. You remember that growing up? It was time for you to quit eating worms. It's time for you to feed on the bread of life. It's time to be still and know that he is God, that he is waiting to speak into your life, change you unconditionally. It doesn't matter what your past is. If you will let him come into your life, you can be born again, and this can be the first day of the rest of your life. Listen to Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but now listen to this, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How do you make a right decision? You know the words that pass from the mouth of God. And you either say, I believe it or I reject it. You either say, I will follow him or I'll think about it. So it's up to you. John 14 and 21. Listen to this. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my Father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Does anybody today need a word from God? Just you about any matter you want to talk about. I promise you some of you look like you got it all together. I don't know what the group looks like out there that's watching, but I know this. God's eyes are going to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of people whose heart is perfect towards him. How many bad decisions you have to make in life? How many years do you have to go making bad decisions before you find out, you know, I may not be doing this right? 
there must be something wrong, you know, because it's just not going like I planned. And so when you think about the bad decision that was made when Jesus was crucified and everybody said, give us Barabbas and let Jesus go to a cross. Every day, every day, we all make a lot of decisions. Think about it. I won't name them because we'd have to start at midnight last night at 12.01. You started making decisions. As the sun came up, you started making decisions. Am I going to go to church? Am I going to stay home? Am I going to watch on television? On and on and on. And some of you are trying to make decisions now of what they're going to serve at the cafeteria today. Because that's just the way we live. But you know what the Lord says? I got it all planned. I got the whole world in my hand. I'm just looking for somebody to follow me, and I will lead you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake, and no good thing will I withhold from you, and I will supply all of your needs according to my riches in heaven by Christ Jesus. Wow. I believe a child can understand that. I did when I was seven. I know some that have been saved when they were five. You say, oh, they didn't know what they were doing. That's usually somebody 80. Well, why hadn't you accepted the Lord? Do you not know what you're doing? Because to reject him is a death sentence. So you want God to interact with you or not? Not quite frankly. Some of you say, I really don't. Because I don't want to feel bad. You know what? You only feel bad until the sin's forgiven, and then you start feeling good. What a wonderful change in my life was wrought when Jesus came into my heart. What a day, glorious day it's going to be when the Lord himself descends from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those of us which are alive and remain will be called up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And all of our tempters won't be there. All of those sins that you can't resist won't be offered to you up there. You see, the blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. How do you make right decisions? You must be born again. You know your spiritual mind, and let me help some of you that are new believers. You see, most people that claim that they are Christians, they don't consult God. They find out what the market's doing, what the community's doing, what the government's doing, but they don't seek God. And so as a result of that, bad decisions are made. But when you were born physically, now follow me with this. When you were born and I was born physically, we had a brain. Would you agree to that? Would you just say yes? Okay. You said, I'm married to one, though I'm not sure. Okay. No, don't go there. We have a brain. It was the brain of a baby. But we began to grow in wisdom and stature and favor of God and made. We went to school. We began to learn. People began to teach us. And we began to think differently. We began to learn things we did not know. Some of the things about life that we did not know. Let me tell you something. When you're born again, your spiritual brain is infant. It needs to grow. That's the reason the Bible says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But you're not born with that brain. You're born with a brain that is full of little cells or whatever that are going to lead you the wrong way. 
and get you in all kinds of trouble. Until you're born again, you don't think right. And when you're born again, you're not a Ph.D. I've seen people argue with scholars on the Bible about, about theological points. And they don't know anything about the Bible. All they know is how to take the other side and get mad. But we grow in our faith. We grow in our knowledge. We grow in our fear of God. We, we grow in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. That's a spiritual growth. And to make right decisions, not only do we have to have the physical brain working right, but our spiritual brain has to work right. We have to get the word from the world that the physical brain might let us see and experience or read or learn, but we've got to have the mind of God, the spiritual mind. So when the man wrote, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows, it is indicative of the fact that God comes into a believer's life. And when they study the Word of God, most of you will leave this service, although there are many Bible study classes. Some of you have come out of Bible study classes, and you're the ones that are smiling, praising the Lord, and having a good time. But everybody here has another option in the next hour to come to another worship service, to hear a different preacher, go to a different Bible study class, just eat it up. Just eat it up. You're at the mall here, okay? Just eat it up and just get all. It's free parking out there, all right? And anywhere you sit down, it'll be a free seat, okay? But you have to start thinking right. I am going to follow my Lord. Now, remember Luke chapter 2, 52, so you won't feel like I have belittled you or I don't feel like I've belittled myself. In Luke 2.52, the Scripture says, And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. The Jesus that died on the cross was a different Jesus inside from what he was when he was 12 years old, talking to the doctors in the temple. He grew up spiritually, physically. He was flesh and blood. And that's the way we do. And that's what we need to understand if we're going to make right decisions, the most important thing is to know God's Word. You have to read it, learn it, and memorize it. It's very important. John 14, 10 says, Believe you not that I'm in the Father, and the Father is in me. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me, he does the works. God in us is the one that gives to our spiritual and our physical mind the answers to life's most difficult questions. And when we're trying to make a decision, Lord, where would you have me do? What would you have me say? Where would you have me to go? Speak, Lord. Thy servant heareth. I want to make a right decision. I want to choose the right mate. I want to choose the right doctor. I want to choose where I'm going to go to college. I want to choose my vocation. I want to make choices where I live, and on and on and on. My friends, that list can go on and on. The Bible says, seek me, and I will guide you. Isaiah 55, 9 says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, that's a capital M, God speaking, are higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. Now, that's Old Testament. Let me ask you a question. Does that scripture say that God knows more than we do? 
Does he say not only does he know more, he has a higher view of it, a clearer view of it. So if we can say, I want God's mind to come and be a part of my mind, and I want my physical brain to comprehend the Word of God so that I might be able to take it and do with it and make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path and hide the word in my heart that I will not sin against God. Because when you make the decision to sin, you make a decision to cut yourself off from God. But when you walk with Him and talk with Him, He will lead us into life everlasting. And by the way, folks, for those of you that hope when you die, you go to heaven, there's a whole lot of heaven on the way to heaven. But you don't know where it is until you get born again. And when you get born again, you won't be as miserable as long a day, each day as you have been. When you find out that God puts you in this generation, and by the way, I don't know if it's just us old people saying this or not. I wouldn't go back if God says, you want to come home in a few years? Or start over again and go 70-something more. I don't want to go back. I want to see Jesus. I want to see those that have gone on before me. I want to fellowship. I want to take the crown off and put it at his feet. I want to say thank you, praise you, Lord. You let me survive and enjoy the Christian life. And by the way, for those of you that like to do whatever Satan wants to do because the only thing you can do is follow your friends don't worry about the rest of us. We're okay. Don't, don't, don't worry about not inviting us to the party. We're having our own party, all right? Don't, don't worry about it. I sure would like to introduce you to my drinking buddy. Don't want to meet him unless he wants to get saved, okay? So, so just don't, don't have a, a, a pity party for God's kids. You know, we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. It's not by works of righteousness, which, which we have done, but by his stripes, we have been healed and adopted into the kingdom of God. Now, if you're saved, you've made that decision. If you don't have a clue what I'm talking about, we need to talk. Because God loves you. And you can't do anything about it. He loves you unconditionally. Well, if I was God, I wouldn't love me. Well, you're not God. And we all are grateful. You're grateful I'm not God, and I'm grateful you're not God. But I'm also thankful that I know God... And many of you know God, and many of you know God, but for those of you that don't, God loves you. God cares for you. God can forgive and forget and bury your sins in the bottom of the sea and remember them no more. You know, the mind that created the universe that's so magnificent, the heavens declared the glory of God, but the same mind wrote this scripture, the same God. God put to us truth and says either obey or disobey. Obey and watch what I do for you. Disobey and see what Satan does for you. The choice is yours. But till you learn to make wise decisions, you'll never, you'll never experience the love and the presence of God. I'm going to let you in a little secret about the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ gives access to all wisdom. All wisdom. On any subject you want, the mind of Christ 
will direct you to that. He knows when you make a wise investment. He knows when you make a wise choice. He knows when you have made a determination to do this or not do that. If any man lack wisdom, as James said, ask of God. He knows all of that. But he says, I will not walk away from any of you that seek me. He says, the Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. And that's all for everybody. That's not just for the Christians. It's not just for the pastors. It's not just for the deacons. It's just not for the church leader. Well, when I talk about the God that made the world, wrote the Bible, listen to Colossians 2, 3. In whom Christ are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge in Christ, they're all there. That's the source. That's what we have to look for. Our thoughts can be raised to the level of God's thoughts if God is in our heart and our mind. In Isaiah 55, 8, the Bible says that my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. Listen to Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who in being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. He took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Praise Jesus. Praise his holy name. How great thou art. How great thou art. And now Jesus turns to us and says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He didn't say if you're under 40. He said, Every one of you, come and I will give you rest. He says, listen to what I'm going to say to you when you come to me. Learn what I want to teach you, and believe the thoughts that I put in your heart and head are my thoughts. That's the invitation, and these are just some of the promises, because God promises perfect peace to those who learn to think his thoughts. Jesus on the cross, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Gone. You have a peace like that? If you were to be diagnosed with some kind of disease and you had two weeks to live, would you change your lifestyle and would you talk to some people you hadn't talked to? I would if I were there. I mean, if I didn't know that I know that Jesus lives in my heart, I wouldn't be looking for a better doctor. I'd be looking for a Savior. I'd be looking for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But the Bible just keeps on pouring it out. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Did you hear that? The more obedient you are, the more God's going to put on you that's going to bless you. The more that you are willing to do that he has told you to do, some you could have understood when you were eight years old, some it took a little longer, but be faithful over a few things, the Lord says, and I'll make you ruler over many things. But you've got to start. You don't just go over and hit 
uh, on a trampoline and go boom, and you say, I want the one that takes me to heaven. It doesn't work like that. But people today go around with some most unbelievable theology you've ever heard in your life. It's horrible. And the Bible says, hey, not by works that you do, but by my stripes you can be healed. When we're born again, there's a supernatural act of God that's brought on by the power of God. And a part of that is to help us make right decisions. And for many, the time is now to be given the mind of Christ. You need that. You need that. I'm looking at many that are hurting today. And when you hurt, and I know you hurt, I hurt with you, and other believers hurt with you. But the thing that is so discouraging because of the world that we live in, once you walk away from God's people and God's presence as we worship Him. He says, we're two or more gathered. I will be there. He's here right now. Some of you are struggling. You're struggling. Am I going to keep on doing what I've always done, or am I going to get it right with God today? And am I going to start making decisions based on the Scripture, the Word of God? You see... When Jesus comes into your life, the power of God comes into your life. The Holy Spirit comes into your life. In our weakness, He is made strong. As we go through this time of turmoil, uncertainty, bad reports come, job severance, death comes to someone we love, failure in school, on and on the list goes. But in that moment, the Lord says, look, you're prepared now to make right decisions because those that you were depending on, they're out. Now, let me come in, and I will abide with you, and I will help you, and I will guide you into all truth. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man, speaking by the Spirit of God, calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he shall not enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You must be born again. How do you make right decisions? You take this sin-filled mind and you give it to God and let God change it. And his mind takes the place of your mind and your thoughts are thrown out and his thoughts enter in and you say, speak, Lord, I will obey you. And you will be shocked and you'll not find one person in this auditorium or even if you knew all that were watching on television, you'll never find a person that ever said, that was a bad decision when I asked Jesus to come into my life. But you can find millions that'll say, why didn't I do it sooner? Why did I wait? Why do you wait, dear brother? Why do you wait, dear sister? Well, the mind of Christ grows. When you feed it, feed on God's Word, you nurture it, 
You protect it, and you teach it, and you live by it. When you're making right decisions, you're not sinning against God. But when you're making bad decisions, you are sinning against God. So we have to make that choice. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. He studied and he memorized the Word of God. Real quick caution. I've given it to you once before. I want to give it to the two of you that weren't here that day or didn't have your television turned on. Choose carefully your translation of the Scripture. Choose it carefully. Number two, when you choose it, memorize it. The day will come if the Lord prolongs his return much longer when the Bibles are going to be taken away. How much of it do you know? I'll challenge you what I challenged a group of preachers to do the other day, and we all failed the test. I was raised on the King James translation. Most of us yesteryear were. My question is simply this. If you don't like it and you have another one, I'm not condemning it. Make sure you got a good one but memorize it. So my question is, can you quote John 3, 16, the 23rd Psalm, or the Lord's Prayer in any other translation of the Bible other than the King James? Just think about it. Go home, okay? Some of you look like... <laughs> what you ought to be doing is... You know, because you hadn't memorized it off your telephone and your iPhone and your computer and so forth. By word have I hid in my heart, folks, if they take our Bibles away... The only thing we're going to have of the Word is to each other because we've memorized the Word of God. That's the way you make right decisions. You know the Word of God. Not what the preacher said. Not what my friend said, but what God said. That's where the hope comes. And you know what the first commandment in Matthew's gospel is? Fourth chapter, fourth verse. But he answered and said, It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, that's the way you make right decisions. That's the way you make right decisions. You just simply follow him. God said it. That settles it. Wherever he leads, I am going to go. Let me give you one more scripture on that very point. John 14, 21. He that has my commandments... And keeps them. He it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. My dear friend, when God manifests himself to you, you'll make right decisions. He knows finances. We don't know what the stock market is going to open out Monday. He knows what it's going to close at when the trumpet blows. And he is not waiting to see how it does. He says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Who will come and go with me? The songwriter. I'm bound for the promised land. So here's my final question. How are we to use the mind of God? If that mind is in you, how are you going to use it? Satan is after us. He wants to destroy us. And we are letting him do it in many cases. In John 8, 42, as Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, you'd, you would love me. 
For I proceeded forth and came from the Father, neither came I of myself. But he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my words, you are of your father the devil. The lust of your fathers you're going to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he's a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not because you're not of God. Did you hear me right now? Listen, if you can honestly say, I cannot understand this book, you need to be born again. I can introduce you to 10-year-old children that will shock you at their theology because Jesus lives in their hearts. You see, the God that wrote this got to live in your heart to interpret it. And so when we take the Word and put it in our heart and live it through our life, all of a sudden we start making right decisions. But let me give you a warning. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. A little quick note here um, about wildlife. I know a little bit about lions. I have seen many lions many times in Africa. Let me tell you something you'll learn about a lion that is different, that makes this scripture come alive to me. Because the devil goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom may, may devour. If you'll study the cat family, you'll find out the leopard and lion have different personalities. <clears throat> a leopard, if he jumps on you, he hits and runs. He does what he can just like this, and he's gone. But when a lion hits you, he devours you. He runs from nothing, nothing. You are destroyed, absolutely destroyed. He's camouflaged. He's hard to see. He comes upon you unexpectedly. But you know what? He that's in us is stronger than the lion, the devil. No weapon is going to destroy the children of God. So let me leave you with some good news. When you choose to become a child of God and you ask the Lord to adopt you and come live in your heart, he provides the power of the blood that saves, cleanses, and protects you from the power of Satan. And when that shield is put up, all of a sudden, you begin to think like a child of God, act like a child of God, go where God wants you to go, do what God wants you to do. You talk to him often. You memorize his word. One of the greatest practices that you can do, I don't do it every night, but I do it a lot of nights, is memorize a scripture before I go to bed that I did not know and then quote it before, as my prayer. And that way, we go to sleep thinking about the word of God. And guess what you think about when you wake up? Can you still quote it in the morning? You can if it's hit in your heart. So where does God stand in your life right now? Where does he stand? Remember Matthew 4, 4? Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God.